today on Understanding Immigration. A COVID-19 update at the border with Congressman Ronnie Jackson. This is just going to lead to unbelievable voter fraud. This is an avenue by which they think they will never, ever lose another election again. So they don't have the personnel to properly test. Number two, the Biden administration doesn't want them testing everybody there. They don't want those numbers going out. Coming to you from Washington, D.C., you are now listening to FAIR's Understanding Immigration Podcast. Welcome back to episode 39 of FAIR's Understanding Immigration Podcast. This is Matthew Tregister, FAIR's press secretary. Today, we're going to provide a COVID-19 update at the southern border. Now, we previously did an episode on this topic in March of 2020, but obviously much has changed since then. More people are entering the country legally now than last year, and really more than ever. The Delta variant is proliferating in the U.S. and all around the world, and there still hasn't really been a consistent COVID-19 protocol at the southern border for asylum seekers and illegal aliens entering the country. So joining me today, as always, is Preston Hennikins from our lobbying department, but also we have a very special guest. Joining us today is Congressman Ronnie Jackson from Texas House District 13. He is a Navy veteran and the former White House physician under Barack Obama and Donald Trump and brings a unique perspective to this important issue. Welcome to today's show, Congressman, and thank you for your service. Thank you, guys. I appreciate y'all having me. So I want to start off with this basic question. Uh, is COVID-19 a legitimate threat at our southern border, especially with the number of apprehensions that we're seeing? You know, it's been six months of, of continued increased illegal immigration, 210,000 apprehensions estimated last month. Uh, is this a legitimate threat with COVID-19? Oh, absolutely. You know, we've already documented. I was down at the border months and months ago, and it's even gotten worse. But when I was down there months ago, I was at an HHS facility at Carrizo Springs. They were testing people there. They weren't testing them. The Border Patrol wasn't testing them whenever they were retaining them. But when they turned them over to HHS or turned them over to uh, Catholic Charities or whoever they turned them over to to disposition them, in this particular case, it was HHS. They were testing them. And they documented that 20% of these immigrants that were crossing the border were COVID positive the day they got them. And 5% were testing positive during their stay there. So 25% of the immigrants crossing the border are documented to be positive. Now, these are young, otherwise healthy, uh, you know, adults, most of them. So a lot of them aren't symptomatic. They're not in the hospital except that they have it. You know, they're carrying the virus that can spread it. And then we're looking at record numbers on our border right now. Uh, 188,000 in June alone, and it just keeps getting higher and higher every month. We're on track right now to have over two and a half million people entering our country illegally this year. That's the ones that we know of. There's at least 30 to 50,000 a month that cross the border that are called getaways that they document cross the border because they see them on cameras, but they don't know who they were, where they went, or what they were doing. So we have a huge, huge public crisis. Uh, a public health crisis at our border that not only did Biden and the Biden administration uh, facilitate and initiate with their policies, but they're doing absolutely nothing about it. And Congressman, that's a that's a great point. And I wanted to ask you your thoughts on Title 42. Uh, obviously, it's the only um, policy that the Biden administration has kept in place uh, since taking over in January. Um, and really, you know, that's the only thing that is keeping this from turning into a real uh, disaster, um, particularly with the health implications of it, with all of these people um, coming over the border. Many of them are unvaccinated. Many of them, like you said, are not being tested for COVID. Uh, so I just wanted to get your thoughts on that um, and, and maybe uh, tell our listeners what you think would happen if Title 42 is lifted in the future. Well, they're, they're chomping at the bit to lift Title 42. They were going to do it, and the only reason they backed down was because 
this Delta variant popped up and, and the over the numbers just kept going through the roof. So politically, they didn't think they could do it. Let me tell you this. They were, they would like everybody to believe that Title 42 is still in place, but it's not. Title 42 has already been exempted for unaccompanied minors and for family units coming over for asylum. You go to McAllen, Texas, go anywhere on the Texas border, try to get on a plane, get on a plane. The plane is full completely full of undocumented illegal immigrants that can't speak English, that don't know where they're going, that have these tickets around their neck. They have no ID. They got on the plane without an ID too, which none of us can do. They get on the plane. They just have a note from the border patrol saying, I don't have an ID. Let me fly on the plane. I mean, that's ridiculous. None of us could do that. But that once again, another, another double standard for, for their, for their socialist, uh, you know, uh, policies, uh, where, where they're allowing this to happen. But anyways, these people get on the plane and they fly all over the, all over the country. They're, they're going everywhere. Every time I go out there, I can't even get on a plane. There was a couple of times when I was in McAllen, I had to drive to San Antonio so I could fly back to DC because all the planes were wow. full of immigrants. Wow. So, you know, this makes me wonder. And then why? let me ask, let me document. Sure. Here's another, here's another example of that. Let me just throw this in real quick. What about the fact they would like everyone to believe that Title 42 is being enacted and Title 42 is being followed and people are coming in. And then look at the news where 7,000 COVID positive immigrants have been released into the city of McAllen uh, from, from McAllen uh, this year, in the last six months, 7,000, 1,500 last week. COVID positive. They were they were released into McAllen, Texas. Yeah, that's that's just unbelievable, and you know it, it makes me wonder why why do you think the mainstream media and even the Biden administration continues to downplay the severity of the situation? I mean, look at the figures, the data. It it all proves otherwise, and it, it you're not making a, a big deal about it whatsoever. A couple of reasons. Number one. Ultimately, deep down inside, they're, they're okay with this happening. They literally view every single person that crosses that border as a voter for them. Whether that person actually ever votes or not, they want to get them registered to vote, and they want to get them mailed a ballot. Mm-hmm. If you can take all of these people, register them to vote, mail them ballots, you can have ballot harvesters like they do legally in California go all over the United States and gather these ballots up, fill their ballots out, and vote for them. That's what's going to happen. This is just going to lead to unbelievable voter fraud. This is an avenue by which they think they will never, ever lose another election again. They want all these people to come over here and register them as Democrats, and, and they think they're going to have the ability to vote within the next five to ten years. And they're probably right because uh, the way they're getting them over here. In New York City, for example, New York is paying every single illegal immigrant in the state of New York uh, $16,800, I believe, is the number. That's what they're paying them, giving them a check for 16800 for every illegal immigrant in the state of New York. Their rationale for doing that is like, well, these people work and live here as well, but they haven't been able to cash in on the unemployment benefits that you know, documented Americans have. So we're going to, we're going to make it right. We're going to give them a, we're going to give them a lump sum check. Simultaneously, they're registering them to vote in New York's in state elections. This is crazy. This is how this is going to play out. You know, in a couple of years, they'll be saying, well, look, they've been voting in New York elections for years now. Why can't they vote in federal elections? That's where this is headed. So number one, they're okay with it because it's, it represents voters in their mind. Number two, they went and part of the immigration problem that we have right now is a result of of Biden's just reckless approach to everything uh, when he first got into office, which was anything that had President Trump's name on it or that was associated with President Trump, he wanted it immediately undone. So he went in and immediately undid all the uh, executive orders that President Trump had in place uh, that that were basically had removed all the incentives for people to come up here uh, and, and basically had solved the border crisis. All of those were undone. The incentives were back in place. Word got out uh, expeditiously to these countries all over, all over the world, especially 
uh, El Salvador, Honduras, and Guatemala, that if you come up here, uh, you know, you'll get in. Uh, no question. No, there's no question about it. And if you if you if you send your unaccompanied minors up here, the Biden administration, Kamala Harris in Guatemala, made a promise to the Guatemalan people that if they if they had a family member that got into the United States, that she promised they would reunite them. Mm -hmm. That was a huge incentive. Coyotes started going into Guatemala and gathering up unaccompanied minors and with their parents' blessings to bring them to the state so they could dump them here so that their parents could follow because Kamala Harris promised that would happen. And in the interim, they didn't have money to do this. The cartels normally get paid for that service. These families were poor. They don't have any money. So their, their unaccompanied minor family members that the cartel brought over here are expected to be servants for the cartel for the foreseeable future to work it off. So they're going to be taking care of cartel business, which is not waiting tables and mowing lawns and, and, and the things that we think of. Uh, for young people uh, might be doing, it, it's going to be illegal cartel business. Absolutely. And Congressman, you sit on the Foreign Affairs Committee. I wanted to ask you a, um, kind of a point that you alluded to uh, referring to Kamala Harris. She's been tasked by the Biden administration to look into, you know, this quote unquote root cause of migration, which, you know, their plan is essentially to just dump money into corrupt uh, Central American countries. I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Uh, and if you think that that is any way a good use of taxpayer resources, um, and maybe also uh, touch a little bit on what you think the actual root causes of this crisis might be. Well, if, if Kamala Harris really wants to address the root cause, she needs to get up from her desk, walk down the hall and walk into the Oval Office. That is the root cause. Biden and his policies are the root cause of everything that's going on right now. That's where it started, and that's the problem. So that's where she needs to be addressing the root cause. As far as giving money to these, to these countries, to these third world countries, uh, thinking that if we give them money that people aren't going to want to leave there anymore, that is so ridiculous. None of that money is going to go to those people anyways. These are the most corrupt governments out there. That money will be consumed by the drug cartels and by the people that are in power in those governments. None of that money gets to the people anyways. Plus, we don't need to be setting a precedent that we pay people not to come to our country illegally. That's insane that we would try to that we would do something like that and make that public and, and basically set that precedent. So, yeah, they're just like everything else in the Biden administration, just unbelievably off base on all of this. Congressman, kind of speaking on, on that same subject, you know, we're talking about some sectors along the border releasing COVID-positive migrants into the U.S., but it seems like there's like uh, an inconsistent strategy or protocol with this along the border. You know, why aren't all illegal aliens being tested for COVID-19? Is it a lack of medical resources, lack of Border Patrol personnel, or just an ineptitude from the Biden administration? It's a little bit of all of that. I mean, obviously, their, their resources are very thin right now. Uh, the, the Biden administration is doing everything they can to defund the Border Patrol. Uh, you know, they've already they've already basically completely defunded and neutered ICE. ICE is pretty much non-existent anymore in the in the Biden administration. They're going to take money away from Border Patrol as well as a law enforcement agency. The recent budget that came out had all kinds of increases for tons of these, uh, you know, social uh, things that fit into their into their social agenda. All of these departments and these programs, including like, you know, a huge raise uh, and increase of 87,000 auditors in IRS. Simultaneously, there is no increase, zero, and, and potentially a, a decrease in the budget for DHS, for the Department of Homeland Security, under which the Border Patrol uh, operates. So they are they are simultaneously defunding, uh, you know, the, the Border Patrol as part of their defund the police uh, attitude. Anyways, 
so th they're, they're, they're thin as far as resources go, as far as personnel go. Uh, the people that are out there are supposed to be patrolling between the points of entry on the border patrol. They're not doing that. They're at the point of entry because they're overwhelmed with numbers there. They're having to help customs and border protection people that normally do that. Mm -hmm. So they're passing out juice boxes, changing diapers, filling out paperwork, uh, accompanying these people to the hospitals. Uh, all of these other things that, that that they have to do that are not actually securing our border from drugs and sex trafficking and human trafficking and weapons and all the stuff that's crossing our border that's not being done because of, because they're 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 so thin right now so they don't have the personnel to properly test number two the Biden administration doesn't want them testing everybody there they don't want those numbers going out they do not want this to look like uh, continue to look like a growing crisis which if you started testing everybody there you would see the numbers are huge and the Biden administration. You know, in my mind, they don't they can't defend this already, but they, they wouldn't have a leg to stand on. So they don't want to ask questions that they don't want the answers to. Uh, so there's a lot of reasons why they're not being tested. Well, Congressman, uh, we know that you're a busy guy, so uh, we're going to let you go. But we um, again want to just thank you for coming on and explaining your unique perspective uh, on the crisis um, and particularly the uh, the health implications of it. Um, so, again, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a true pleasure. Um, great discussion, and I know that our audience uh, will definitely have a better understanding uh, of the situation. Thank you, Congressman. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate y'all having me. So, Preston, that was Congressman Ronnie Jackson from the 13th District in Texas. You obviously had a lot of say there. You know, what were some first impressions you had about that conversation? Obviously, you know, he is someone who's very experienced, not only um, as a member of Congress, but also with a medical background. Remember, he was the literally the personal doctor uh, for Barack Obama and Donald Trump. So, you know, he's seen very highly in the medical community. But what were some first impressions there? Yeah, I thought he had a lot of unique perspectives, uh, particularly with, with the medical background like you brought up. I, I really was fascinated to hear what he said at the very end of our conversation, where he dis where you, I think, had asked him about why the mainstream media isn't really reporting on this or isn't taking it seriously, why the Biden administration isn't taking this seriously. And I thought that his perspective that this is actually kind of part of the plan is really unique. And uh, it, it it is, I think, um, true, certainly, in, in many circles of the Democratic Party, that they look at this as a way to get future voters in, particularly as they're planning uh, to amnesty tens of millions of people through the budget reconciliation process, as we've discussed in the past. Uh, and I think it also, he discussed as well the double standard that is shown towards illegal immigration and health in the United States to where, you know, we, you know, like, like he said, he's like, I, I can't get on a flight. And yet there are packed planes leaving Texas full of illegal aliens who can't speak English, who just have tags on their wrists telling them where they're going. So I, I thought he just brought a very unique perspective um, from that, having seen it, he was discussing his, you know, being from Texas, but also his trip to the border recently. So I think those are really the topics he brought up that made the most impact with me. You know, you're spot on there. I think we can all realize now that this is deliberate policy by the, the Biden administration. They're in full control of it. They know exactly what they're doing. And the congressman brought that up exactly. Um, I thought it was very interesting, too, that he kind of talked about why certain sectors are not testing migrants for COVID. Some of these articles are saying, well, in some sectors, they're being tested, some they're not being tested at all, and then some are even testing them. They're still testing positive and then still being released into community. So it's really like an inc inconsistent 
uh, strategy right now. But he said the reason why it's not being, you know, kind of mandated across the border, these COVID-19 tests for illegal aliens and asylum seekers, is because the Biden administration pretty much knows that these rates, the COVID rates, are going to be increasing and they don't want to be, you know, dealing with, with the PR with that. And that would obviously, you know, create another challenge to this border crisis, knowing that, you know, migrants are bringing COVID-19 cases in large numbers uh, to the country, especially when we're struggling with it. You know, you look at these, the vaccination rates in some of these uh, countries in Central America, where the vast majority of illegal aliens and asylum seekers are coming from, you know, Guatemala, 2% of its population is fully vaccinated. Honduras, 3%. El Salvador is better at 26%, but that's still, you know, quite low. Uh, And even a country like Brazil, 21%. So, you know, that is seriously a problem, you know, and it, it goes to show you, you know, that's probably why the Biden administration is not fully testing uh, migrants along, you know, every sector along the border for COVID-19 because they don't want to know the answer to that. That's a great point. And it's, it's particularly ironic when the Biden administration has announced that all visitors to the United States will have to show proof of vaccination. Uh, and yet we don't have to show that at the southern border. People can walk in. They likely have COVID. I mean, it's like you just said, you know, Guatemala, 2%, Honduras, 3% vaccination. Um, it's, and again, this isn't, this isn't like a personal fault of theirs. I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying it is highly likely that with a disease this contagious in the conditions that people travel in and the conditions that they're, they, you know, live in when they arrive in the U.S. even, that that it has to be driving COVID, um, particularly in, in the Southwest uh, border corridor. Right. And, you know, another big thing that the congressman brought up, which, you know, we've actually touched on in the last episode is the importance of Title 42. You know, just a reminder, the Biden administration extended this public health order. Uh, It was first put in place in March of 2020 um, under the Trump administration. And, you know, it's proven to be really successful in in terms of uh, quickly removing those who have entered the country unlawfully. You know, since the beginning of the fiscal year, which was in October, nearly 770,000 individuals have been removed. Otherwise, they'd be, you know, apprehended, released into communities, as the congressman said, you know, flown, bust to wherever. No one really knows where they're going. Um, and that obviously increases the, the chances of COVID spread or the Delta variant or, you know, it's a public health issue. All right. Well, that's a great place to end today. As a reminder, we'll be releasing a new episode of Understanding Immigration Every other Monday, our episodes are available on most platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can also visit our website at fairus.org to access them, and also on our Twitter feed at Fair Immigration. Uh, so please spread the word. Uh, this has been a fantastic episode. And until next time, this has been Understanding Immigration presented by Fair.